Police Commissioner Andrew Costa joins us on the line now. A very good afternoon. Good, good afternoon. afternoon. How are you? We are doing good, thanks. very well. Now, this may seem an odd question to start our chat, but how do you normally... Um, how do people How should we address you? Yeah, do you, do you prefer Commissioner or do you prefer Andrew? <laughs> I'm very happy to be Andrew or Andy or Commissioner. You can decide. Right, OK. Well, I'm going to start... <laughs> well, let's take the middle ground, mate, and do Andrew. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> let's go, Andrew. OK. Um, well, thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, for, uh, now I feel like I'm sort of not addressing you correctly, but anyway, we'll start with Andrew. I, I, might, I might have to stick with the formalities until I get to know you better, but can we begin by asking you this question? Was policing in your family background? Not really, no. In fact, I, I didn't uh, have much of an eye to policing until very shortly before I joined. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do out of school, um, fell into... Uh, sales job, selling business telephone systems for a few years and then um, sort of made a, a big change to join police so it's not, not been a big thing for me at all. Mm. What, part of the world did, what part of the world did you grow up in Andrew? I grew up in central Auckland um, so I was born in Dunedin but we, we moved away from there when I was fairly young um, and yeah, central Auckland was, was me, started my policing out in counties Monaco um, district and, and that's been home for most of my life. Right. When it was announced that you were becoming commissioned they showed some old file footage of you on the beat and um, you look quite fresh faced. What age did you enter the police force? I joined when I was 20 um, so yeah I've, I've been in for 23 coming up 24 years now um, yeah but I'd had a few years of work experience prior to that. Right, well, exactly. you're still in very good nick then for 43. I've, I've done the math, so that's, um, you're looking very good. When you shaved your beard off, I thought, my goodness. I think exactly. I'm 44 now, um, hey. speaking, but there you go. Hey, we'll get on to some serious stuff in a second, but just quickly about the beard. As somebody, I've actually had a beard for about 40 years. Simon would grow one, but he can't. Um, but as far as the beard goes, the reason I grew a beard was I was just sort of lazy because I hated shaving. Is it, is it bugging you that every day now you have to be clean shaven? Yeah, it is, it is an extra effort, isn't it? I've, um, yeah. I've realised. Yeah, it was a summer thing that never never kind of went. And, um, yeah, still it was the right thing to do. Um, yeah, absolutely. Modelling the way, yeah. Yeah, and I saw that the reason you asked all your force to shave their beards off was, was really so that the face mask would just stick flush to their face. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. We we had advice um, that they just don't work so well through through a beard, and um, you know obviously our people can't control when they come across this, and a good chance that they will. So that was the guidance, and yeah, I think it's it's good when leaders um, are prepared to do what they ask their people to do. Um, so that was Absolutely. what it was all about. Yeah. Absolutely. Commissioner, there is a saying that goes, behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. Um, you've got... <laughs> Sorry. You, you've got three young boys, um, I and I presume I a, a partner. Yes. How do yes. they feel... Right, and how do they feel, or did they feel, when you uh, said you were going to go for the top job? Because obviously <laughs> it's a high-profile job, particularly now. Yeah, look, absolutely. I don't think there was too much eye-rolling, although um, there is for other reasons. Uh, but on that particular <laughs> one... Uh, they uh, were very supportive. Um, I, I guess I've been in senior leadership roles for some years now, and they're they're very demanding. But um, you know, when you're working in the public service, uh, as in policing, then it's it feels very meaningful, and um, they are incredibly supportive of of me doing this. And it is a it is a bit of a sacrifice. Um, I spend a fair bit of time at work, to be fair. 
Yeah. Andrew, we've just had a great talk with Sir John Kerwin about how mm. he keeps himself, you know, on, on top of the game, so to speak. And I just wondered, I get the impression from some of the stuff that we read before we came on air, riding a motorbike and riding a motorbike at speed on a racetrack <laughs> is one of your ways of sort of getting getting rid of the cares of the world. Is, 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 is that yeah. a fair call? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, riding fast anywhere else is a bit problematic when you've got my job. So yes, uh, I enjoy getting to the racetrack. I don't do it all that often, but it's an incredible um, experience. Yeah, and just a, a good good way to um, to do something different. But, I mean, otherwise I spend a lot of time with with family in my downtime. Yeah. You know, it's, I enjoy my exercise. get a bit frustrated at the moment that I can't be at the gym, um, as I'm sure yeah. many are experiencing with their mm. recreation they can't do. What sort of bike have you got? I've got it. It's 20 years old, but it's a Ducati 996. So it's a, um, you know, it's a, it was a great bike in its day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, that is, that's, a, that's a cool bike, actually, Andrew. The, 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 you know, I had a, uh, a Vespa 150 Sportique. Um, right, yes, not, very good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you've ended up as commissioner. I'm just an old radio hack. That's the way it works in life. <laughs> well, 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 we are very grateful for your time, Commissioner. Now, if it's all the same with you, can we play a couple of messages and then we'll take some text uh, questions yeah. from people and just and Just, just sort a couple of, of questions, if that was yeah, all right. Absolutely. Time for that? Absolutely. Thank you Thanks very so much. much. This is Police Commissioner Andrew Costa with Simon and Phil. News Talk said be back with your questions. If you'd like a question to get asked, 9292 is our text number. Now, Andrew, we're starting to get questions rolling in on text. So here's the first one from Tim. I have a feeling we may know the answer, but I'll ask you anyway. Has there been a drop in online in crime in general since the lockdown? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a typical crime demand, assaults, thefts, burglaries has dropped very substantially. Um, we had, sadly, uh, a spike in family harm events in the initial stages. More recently, we've come back to sort of normal levels, but we've, we've definitely had capacity to do the, the COVID work because other crime demand has dropped. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good thing that the spikes come, come back a bit, isn't it? I mean, because there were some real concerns about that with people being in lockdown so much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, we have to, everything's, it's hard to compare um, the current situation with anything we've done before because we've never had people so shut away. So we are mindful that it can be hard for people to access um, services at the moment and just encouraging people to reach out, whether it's through, you know, phone or online or through the supermarket even if they need help um, yeah. because of the situation they're in at the moment. It's, it's tough. Right. Jonathan says on text, uh, I really like this new top guy. That's how he starts his text. And he says, <laughs> who is the new commissioner answerable to? In other words, who's your boss? Uh, it's, a, it's a really good question. So that this is a statutory appointment, and the reason for that is to have independence uh, operationally. So the decisions made about policing are for the commissioner alone in terms of the operational part. Um, but the Minister of Police, um, I'm accountable to for the really administrative running of the organisation, and, and that's where my relationship to government is. Right. right. Now, here's a question from John. He says, how do you get your message out for how you want police to behave during the lockdown? Do you have conference uh, video calls, mm. or is, is there another way that, that you let every policeman and woman in New Zealand know how you want them to behave? Yeah, so a, a few... Methods, we, we are regularly video conferencing as a police executive and across, across all our, our wider sort of district commander leadership group. But we've, I've used videos. We, we actually released 
uh, video that I put out to our people about our enforcement intent. So we, we you know, wanted our people to have a calm, compassionate, confident approach in this situation to reassure the community. And and um, I gave that message by by video, and we made it available publicly as well, so people could see, right. you know, what that setting was. Yeah. Very good. Hi, guys, says the texter. A question for your new commissioner, who I like the sound of, says the text. What is Andrew's biggest fear, being the top cop, both personal and as the commissioner? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I mean, naturally in this role, we uh, I'm very concerned for our people. Um, they deal with some incredibly dynamic and difficult situations all the time, and um, you know, there's always something happening. So, so safety of our people is a really big concern. Um, you know, I, and I, I think I, I wouldn't call this a, a fear, but it's an aspiration that that can be very, um, you know, compelling for me is that the organisation would be who we need to be for the New Zealand public. Um, you know, we've done awesome things and we continue to do awesome things, but we can't rest on our laurels. So that that whole um, agenda about how how we be the modern policing service that New Zealanders need um, is a big driver for me as well. Sure. Louise asks, Andrew, do, are the roadblocks uh, being put up right around the clock over the 24 hours or not? The, the some checkpoints that we are doing uh, really are to check. So we will have random checkpoints in different places to check the reasons for people's travel and make sure that they're compliant. Um, there have been some uh, other road or checkpoints put up, you know, by con- concerned communities, and we've endeavoured to make sure that those are safe. Um, but we aren't routinely blocking roads. We were very active though during the Easter period because our concerns that people might try to travel for the Easter break, and we ran about 600 checkpoints over that period. Yeah. This Texas says, I live in a house bus on a farm north of Colville, Coromandel. I've run out of LPG for cooking and the fridge. Am I allowed to drive it back to Thames to fill up? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, I would think, and um, we might have to come back on this one, but I would think that it is, um, you know, if it's an essential fuel supply in order to live and cook, then I would have thought going to the nearest available supply for that is reasonable here. Okay, last one from me. Uh, Jim says, I am a builder. I'm basically doing essential work. I've even got a letter, but I still feel nervous heading out. Should he, and and this is just me saying it now, should should he feel nervous if he's doing essential work? No, look, if if people are doing essential work and and they've got a way of validating that, they shouldn't feel nervous. And it's really important to say, you know, New Zealanders have been amazing through this period. The focus will always go on to the few who are flouting the rules, but I think the level of, of compliance and that question kind of reflects it, the level of concern people have had to do the right thing is fantastic. But essential workers should uh, feel absolutely free to travel and our people know that that's um, part of, of what's you know needs to be allowed. And finally from me, Commissioner, it was probably about four months ago, I was actually listening to ZB while I was driving into work to do films on my show and... There was some talk about what police officers and uh, first responders have to deal with in some situations when people are drunk and they're abusive. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this many times with first responders. Recently, a very high-profile situation where police officers were being spat at. And all of us sit there and go, who on earth could do that? How could you strike mm-hmm. an officer that's trying to save the life of a loved one or a first responder? Mm-hmm. Who could spit at a police officer with everything that's going on? 
And a police person phoned up and said, look, what you have to understand, because people were very angry, and they said, what you have to understand is that we deal with people at their very lowest ebb, mm. not well. And and I honestly was listening to that police mm. officer going, that's who I want every policeman and woman to be like, because they genuinely mm. cared about the people. Do you think yeah, that's absolutely. reflected in your department, by and large? No, oh, look, very much so, and I'm really proud to hear. I, had, I didn't hear that, but I'm, I'm really proud to hear about it. Uh, one of the things that I'm really pushing in, in terms of my you know, focus here is we deal with people at the worst times of their lives. Uh, we do understand that and we need to keep um, a focus on, on that and, and not become cynical but actually seek to understand and work out what other, is the right response for us to take to help um, those people because in the end it's, it needs to be about preventing future harm and the way we respond to situations and deal with them uh, makes the difference there. So uh, I do think it? that that's a big part of the way police is thinking these days. Absolutely. Brilliant. When you're getting out the razor in the morning, here's something to cheer you up. Bruce says, it's great to see clean-shaven police again. Yee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> we had a saying in my house uh, which went something like, are you hairy enough to be a cop? And it was based on <laughs> the observation that we had some fantastic beards going uh, here in Wellington, but um, no, sadly, it's all clean-shaven these days. There you go. Well, we've been <laughs> delighted to chat with you, and, and um, you know, for what it's worth, a number of texts saying and how, how much people are enjoying just listening to you on this show now. And so all proud of you. The very best in the new job. You've, you've come in at a tough time, Andrew, but the very best going forward, and thanks for all you're doing. Thanks Thank so you much, much for your time. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. That's great. Police Commissioner Andrew Costa.